Time to talk NBA with Keith Smith from Spot Rack and the Front Office Show. And on Twitter X at Keith Smith NBA. Here's Keith Smith talking basketball with Bryant and Brett. Keith Smith joins us now from Track and the Front Office Show to talk the NBA. And Keith, before we talk, we've been about worried about you. Having, I mean, are you you doing all right? I mean, this got to be the busiest day. <laughs> you you. got to have food intake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm a little tired. I, I at whatever point I dare to actually <laughs> sit down and put my head down, that's going to be it. So that but that, that's still hours to go. Uh, well, well, what is the uh, famous famous poem, poem miles to go? Before we sleep, that's where I'm at right now. You don't have a drip IV going, do you? Uh, no, not yet. But I, it, it, there might be a late night coffee snuck in here somewhere. You got it. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, obviously, a lot to get to with the trade deadline. But I do want to start off with what the Grizzlies have done. Three trades um, over the last four or five days started with Stephen Adams. Uh, they sent him to Houston in return. Got Victor Oladipo. It sounds now um, that I think Shams reported earlier that they're going to waive him. Um, but got a couple of second round draft picks yesterday. They sent Tillman. Uh, up to Boston to the Celtics, get a couple draft picks back for that. And then today they send David Roddy to the Suns in a three-team trade. And in return, um, they're getting uh, Uta Watanabe and a future pick swap. What have you made of what the Grizzlies have done over this last week and the trade deadline? Yeah, I think starting with the Adams trade, that signaled, hey, we're we're making some future-focused moves mm-hmm. here. We're, we're going to try to... Um, put ourselves in a position where we're a little bit uh, clearing up some room under the tax line because of the extensions for guys like John Moran, Darren Jackson Jr. And then, you know, there are other acquisitions of players who make in the mid-teens. The Grizzlies are in a spot where they're, you know, we're facing being in a tax apron team. And that's a tough spot uh, for them to be in. So they move Adams, uh, take back, you know, Victor Oladipo's salary, but that was really about getting off of Adams' uh, money for next year. Then in the next trade with Tillman, you kind of removed an open question of are we going to resign him or not. And then you move into the, the deal today, they get off of David Roddy's money going forward. So now what they've done is they've created enough room where maybe they're one more move away from being able to have enough wiggle room to, to definitely be under the apron but maybe get out of the tax entirely. And that's, that's really important for them going forward as they build out this roster that, quite frankly, they don't need a whole lot. They, mm-hmm. They've got a pretty full roster, so you want to be able to use the tools that you can get available to you. Do you like the, the date? Do you like this, this point in the season for the trade deadline? I kind of wish baseball would, would go back earlier, but do you like this point in the season for NBA trade deadline? I'd be all right if they moved it up a little bit, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, a couple weeks, like to, to the middle to end of January, um, just cl- closer to the true halfway point. Would it be a little more painful season. if you unloaded too soon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, part of what I don't, the, the challenge is most teams will tell you they don't want it any earlier. They don't really know what they are as a team until, until you get past the holiday. You know, they're, they're, they're you know, really want to give it, you know, a good start of the season or so get into the beginning of the new year, and then they have a sense of where they're going as a franchise. So so moving it up too early would be, be a challenge. And then, you know, I, I, I've heard you know some teams suggest it should be, you know, maybe the middle of January. I'd be all right with that, but I'm okay with it now. I'm glad they did move it ahead of the All-Star break 
only because it was it was a little awkward. Uh, if we remember back to the Demarcus Cousins situation, he got traded during the All Star game and was told about it in the post game uh, press conference, and that that's something that you know nobody should be having to deal with. Yeah, uh, for the Grizzlies right now, I mean, just kind of. Playing a, a lot of the rotation guys, I think what three two way guys and, and a couple of uh, of ten day contract guys. But I've heard a lot of people talk about Trey Jemison. It seems like a lot of fans here like what Jemison brings to the table. Very fundamentally sound big man. Uh, could you see them trying to make a move here? I've heard people float out the idea of maybe go ahead and get Gigi Jackson on a standard contract with kind of the space, the the roster space you opened up, and then maybe put Trey Jemison on a two way so that you could have him for the remainder of the season? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think that would be a good good plan of action uh, for Memphis because Jemison, the kid who he drew a lot of interest uh, as far back as the uh, D-League showcase, which happened just before Christmas because he's just kind of your uh, traditional athletic big. He's mm-hmm. real bouncy. He doesn't, doesn't have a lot of shooting range, but he does what he does. He sticks around the basket area. He's a good uh, shot blocker for really, really good rebounder. Um, he needs to get a little stronger, needs to get a little bit more kind of in tune with NBA defense. Yeah. But if that comes, you know, he could be a player in Memphis. They've done a good job with their two-way guys over the over the life of the two-way contract existing. So I think, yeah, some of these moves that they made were, we talked about the future financial flexibility, but in the immediate it was to create a couple roster spots in, in certain ways. Now, I think, you know, getting D.G. Jackson on a standard deal, that has to happen. You know, that, that, that's just bad process if they don't make that a thing before the end of this year. And then, yeah, if you could backfill Jemison into a two-way, then now, now you're looking pretty good. Xavier Tillman will help Boston, won't he? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's going to take a little bit. I know he's, he's been working through an injury, so we'll see You know how, how long before he's able to play. But he gives them a little bit of a different dimension from their other bigs. They, 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 their other guys, Porzingis, Horford, Luke Cornett, those guys are a lot more um, – they're guys who, you know, they play quick, they play fast. But they're a little bit more finesse guys. And then Hillman comes in, and his whole game is about, you know, being rugged and strong and, and powerful and those kind of things. And I, I think, you know, he'll fit in as long as, you know, he gets the defensive uh, coverages down and he's able to do some stuff. I, I think, you know, Boston will, will come to, you know, really, really like and enjoy him. And I was told today that that trade was made with, even though he's a free agent at the end of the year, the idea is, we want to keep him around. We want to have him here long term because they they believe he can be a fit, you know, as a part of that big man rotation. For that kind of brawny style play, who's the postseason matchup where that would really come in handy for Boston? Yeah, Joel Embiid is the first guy who comes to mind. But he just also want to have big body throw at Giannis as much as as much as he can because Giannis is you know a guy who the more he's going to get your guys in foul trouble, right? So the more guys you can have available to throw at him throughout the course of a game, the, the better off you are. So those are the guys that kind of come to mind immediately. And then, you know, if they end up running into like a Miami, that's another guy, you can kind of throw a fam out of bio. And if the Celtics are thinking as big as they may be, then you're starting to look at a guy like, you know, Nikola Jokic and have one more body to throw at him because the, the, that's, that's the key is just kind of keep him working, try to keep him off balance. When you look at all the guys that were moved today, what player sticks out to you that will have the biggest immediate impact for their new team? I think uh, New York's move for Boyan Bogdanovich and Alex Burks mm, is, yeah. is pretty huge. They, they got the two guys for one current rotation player. 
and Quentin Grimes. And, and Grimes was a little bit out of place after the uh, next other trade that they made for OG Ananobi. So what happens is Burks comes in and can really be a big-time um, replacement for what Emmanuel quickly gave them, where he can do a little bit of playmaking, a lot of scoring, and a lot of shooting. And then Bogdanovich, I assume he's going to come in and probably start almost right off the bat while Julius Randle is out. Then when Randle gets back, you drop into him into a, a forward rotation with with uh, Randle and Anobi, hit, uh, Bogdanovich and Josh Hart, and you're looking pretty good all of a sudden. So I think those two guys are really going to have a major impact for the Knicks right away. I think uh, Gordon Hayward is going to have an impact for the Hornets, yeah. but he's a, he's hurt right now, so it's going to take him a little bit to get healthy. And once that happens, then I think they'll start feeling a lot better uh, about that move because I think again you got him for two non-rotation players and one guy in Vasily Misich who had been kind of playing, but it's the team where the Thunder have some extra players. So I think Hayward's going to help the Thunder out quite a bit, assuming he can get healthy, and that's always the question with him. Keith, who sat still, didn't make a deal that could keep them from maybe replicating what the Lakers did last year, so busy with trades and at deadline, that eventually got them you know, a series shy of the NBA Finals. Yeah, I think it might be the Lakers. Might be the Lakers, um, yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, they, they didn't do anything uh, at, you know, in terms of in-season trades. There were seven teams that didn't make a trade in the last week. It was the Hawks, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Lakers, the Heat, the Pelicans, and Magic. Now, the Heat and Pelicans had done stuff earlier in trade season, but the Lakers, they're the ones who kind of stick out there. The Cavs, they feel pretty good about what they've got. The Bulls and Hawks probably should have done something, but not doing something isn't going to prevent them from going anywhere. They're not going anywhere anyway. So I think it's really the Lakers who maybe missed out on something. I think their challenge is going to be, um, you know, what was there? You know, were they going to have to make a major move to make something happen? So I think we're in a in an interesting spot with, with them. And then I would say on a slightly lesser level, the Orlando Magic. This is the first year this team's been good in a while. They're pushing for a postseason spot. Um, they they might have been able to firm up, maybe even getting into the top six. But they chose to kind of run with what they've got, and we'll see if that works out for them. Were you surprised? I know they made a uh, a trade at the very kind of end of the trade deadline, sending Corey Joseph to Indiana. But were you surprised Golden State didn't make any moves? I know that was a team that some people were thinking, could they make some moves? Could they try to retool? Could they send some of those rotation guys out? Were you surprised that they were pretty quiet today? Yeah, you know, what's, what's interesting is um, with the uh, – the, the Warriors is they did make a, a little move as far as um, you know checking those guys out. Mm-hmm. And what happens in this spot is Corey Joseph gets traded small salary about two million dollars, but that actually saves them over thirteen million real dollars in wow. terms of tax penalties and the like. So you know while, while you know for ninety nine percent of us we're like yeah whatever who cares? There's at least you know one percent of the one percent that are like hey that matters to us, but. <laughs> Yeah, they missed out on, you know, maybe moving Andrew Wiggins, maybe moving Chris Paul, maybe doing something bigger like a Clay Thompson trade or something like that. But I think the Warriors probably looked at it and said, there is not a, a, a trade that's available to us right now that's going to lift us assuredly into the playing tournament and then beyond. And why are we going to give up, you know, assets right now to maybe fix something where at best, maybe we're going to hang out for a little bit. So I think that's something where I think with the, the Warriors and to the Lakers to some extent, I think they might have said, hey, our bigger stuff is coming, but it's going to come 
this summer. This season, we'll let the chips fall where they may, and we're not going to do anything to chase after what really is a dream of making a playoff run. Who is the individual player that could be playing June basketball, certainly late May basketball, that's got to be waking up today going, thank goodness, I'm out of there and I'm here. Who is that? Yeah, well, uh, we're just, I mean, just as you were asking that question, Woj tweeted, OG Ananobi's going to miss a minimum of three weeks uh, with an elbow surgery that he just had. So uh, it it could be Boyan Bogdanovich. You know, he could be the the guy now where we're all of a sudden Mm -hmm. saying, Oh boy, you know, this guy's role just got much, much bigger. It may not be just a, you know, nice backup forward. It may be, hey, we need a lot out of you. I, I would say if it's not him, I, you know, it's maybe a guy like PJ Washington, uh, you know, could be there. If Dallas can really make, make a run. They got Washington and then they got Daniel Gafford today. I think those guys, uh, you know, are really going to help them. They're, they're a team that's, they're trying to get out of the playing tournament and up into an assured playoff spot. So those, those guys might, might make a big run. I think the Royce O'Neal pickup for the Phoenix Suns was a good one. Uh, I think getting him in there, it gives them that big wing that they haven't had. And I think that's going to help them quite a bit. And then, you know, I, maybe it's my, my green colored glasses coming in here, but I think there's a chance Xavier Tillman's going to help quite a bit for Boston. And then the other one, it could kind of lost because the move got made yesterday. Um, it'll go official at some point today. Um, but Monte Morris for the Minnesota Timberwolves yeah, really cleans up a major hole that they had at backup point guard behind Mike Conley. Whenever Mike Conley comes off the floor, whether it's to sit out a game or just his regular in-game rest, things get real, real messy uh, for for the Timberwolves. They tend to get really sideways, especially on offense. Morris is going to come in. He's going to stabilize that, and I think he's going to help them quite a bit. Talking to Keith Smith from Track and the front office show. Were you surprised uh, that there was no deal around DeJounte Murray? Uh, a little bit. I, I think you know, we're, we're in a um, position where I think the Hawks probably looked at it and said the offers just aren't there. Yeah. It, it's just not what we need uh, right now. So I think what we're going to see uh, with that is that's probably something where some of the conversations that happened uh, today – are probably pushing into, all right, these are things we'd like to circle back on in, in you know, four or five months when, when we're into the off season and try to maybe get something moving in that direction then. Because I think what you could see is the Hawks, maybe, maybe they go back to the Lakers when the Lakers have more mm-hmm. ability to trade more draft capital. Maybe they go back to the Pelicans who were very interested and just couldn't get something over the line. A lot of times what we see is trade talks that happen ahead of the trade deadline, they don't get done, but they set the stage for something down the line. The Mike Conley trade is a famous example of that. When he got traded to Utah, that got close at the trade deadline. They just couldn't get it over the line because Conley's salary was so large. And then in the offseason, when you have cap space, you have expanded rosters, then you can sometimes get those deals completed. You mentioned the Woj tweet of the Ananobi injury and elbow injury. We know of Joel Embiid. We know of injury here all too well. Keith, it always seems like when they say four weeks, we know it's not four weeks. It's always more, isn't it? Yeah, and one of the things I uh, get fond of saying, that's something Trevor Lane and I say on front office show all the time, is reevaluated in four weeks doesn't mean return to play in four right. weeks. You know, re- reevaluated is, hey, we're going to take a look at it. Well, what? And then it may be, at that point, they may say two weeks till basketball activities resume. And then it may be two weeks after that 
uh, before they get back. And now all of a sudden, the initial four weeks that everybody attached to has turned into eight weeks real quick. But in the case of Embiid, you got to hope that the um, uh, 76ers and him are going to be really, really smart about the way they handle this moving forward because there is no reason to bring him back any earlier than he's 100% ready. And I'm not talking 99.9% rounded up. I'm talking 100% ready. That's how important he is to that franchise. They, they need to make sure he gets right. Otherwise, what you may see is he's back, and then he's right back out again you know, fairly soon after. Do you have any uh, big screaming hot take about Doc Rivers being the head coach of the All-Star team? I think it's stupid. I <laughs> think that's a completely ignorant thing that, that you know, I, I get it. But, you know, you, you just skip to the third best guy, yeah. man. Joe, Joe Mazzula can't go because he did it last year. Doc Rivers didn't win those games. And I know now it's come out that he wants to give the bonus and, and the ring to, um, you know, Adrian Griffin, which I'm pretty sure Adrian Griffin's going to say, you know, uh, something unkind. Uh, yeah, keep your to that, you know, kind of, yeah, you know where you can put it, <laughs> um, you know, kind of thing. But, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's all really, you know, quite foolish. And, and the other thing is, knowing Doc Rivers is I've gotten to know him very little over the years, but, but seeing him here in Orlando and other places, I think he'd be just as happy to take the week off and golf. Sure. Like, 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 I don't think he, he wants to spend a whole lot of time in Indiana. With, obviously, the trade deadline, a lot of guys get traded and then immediately waived. Uh, who are some guys or a guy that you think that has been waived today after a trade that you think could be picked up and really help a team that is that is in contention? Yeah, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is, is the big name yeah. to, to really keep an eye on there. He seems to be kind of the hot topic around the league uh, right now where, where there's a lot of a lot of folks that are interested in trying to go go get him if they can. So I think he's definitely you know one of the names we're, we're going to be keeping an eye on is him. Kyle Lowry's going to get a buyout. He wasn't traded, so Charlotte's definitely going to move on from him. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, a couple guys have already got moved. Our, our Joe Harris uh, got waived earlier today. What's interesting, though, is with the new rules, the teams that are the most expensive, the teams that are up and over that the tax apron, they can't sign guys who make more, who made more than twelve point four million mm. uh, this season. So that limits the, the the home for a handful of these guys. So so we're going to see, you know. But it, it's it's interesting. There's there's a reason, you know. We saw some of these guys like Gordon Hayward made it known he had no interest in a buyout if he was still on the Hornets because. For him, he he's not going to recoup that money that he'd lose now that he's been traded. He may still be able to sign a contract that you know starts in the fifteen eighteen million range uh, via sign and trade or with the Thunder if everything goes well. Where if he took a buyout and joined them, they'd have limited ability to pay him. So so I, I think the buyout market's going to be an interesting one to watch. I'm just not sure it's going to be quite as uh, full of intrigue as it maybe is in years past. Yeah. Keith, a week ago tonight, I saw Cleveland here in town against the Grizzlies. And and like them, like that story, like love J.B. Bickerstaff. What do you think their their organizational in-house goal for this year is? I think try to go further than they did a year ago in the postseason. So, I mean, at least win a round, maybe win two rounds. But they're playing really, really good basketball. They won seven in a row. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 next. They're even better than that if you take it out past like their last, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 games. They have been playing great. They, yeah, I don't know how many people have noticed because everybody's been focused on trade deadline and all that, but they've moved past the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, in the and they've spot. got the second best, best record in the East. So they are playing really, really well right now. And I, I think there's a chance, you know, Cleveland 
you know, they, it'd be important for them to finish second, try to stay on the opposite side of the bracket from Boston, get that easier first-round series, get the win there, and then see what comes your way in the second round. Maybe it's Milwaukee. Maybe New York uh, moves past Milwaukee and it ends up being the Knicks. But you, you want to put yourself in a position to have home court advantage in a push-up, and they, they've really done that. They, they've had a really nice year in Cleveland. Uh, Keith, one of the uh, headlines today, uh, not trade, um, but a, a wave, Pistons have waived Killian Hayes, the uh, the former number 7 pick in the 2020 draft. It just has not worked out for him in Detroit. Is there a landing spot in the NBA for Killian Hayes outside of Detroit, or, or what is next for Killian Some Hayes? Some method speculation. Yeah. Yeah, someone will pick him up. He's still so young mm-hmm. that someone's going to get him and kind of do the second draft approach of, hey, we could try to get this guy mm-hmm. guy right, or we see what's broken in his game, and we feel like we can fix it. Someone is going to do that because he was drafted that high because there is talent right. there. The biggest problem he has is he can't shoot. And that's, you know, when you can't shoot, especially as a primary ball handler, it's that makes things really, really hard on you. But someone's going to give him a shot for sure. Where that is, who knows? I hope it's a place that has minutes they can play him, and they have good player development staff that can be patient and, and really let him try to try to grow into a role. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But a busy, busy day for you, Keith. Thanks so much for joining Best us, up. and we'll talk to you. Oh, Keith, before we let you go, we got to get oh, Super sure Bowl do. picks from you. Super Bowl this Sunday. We need a uh, a pick and a score from you, Keith. We almost forgot. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, 49ers, and I'll say 30 to 24. I, you know, you know, maybe a little higher scoring there, but yeah, I'm mostly picking that because because my daughters go all in on the Kansas City Chiefs, and it ain't because she likes the Chiefs. It's because she's we a know Taylor why. Swift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a big celebrity that is uh, hanging out with the Chiefs. Well, very good, Keith. We'll do it again next week. Thanks. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Keith Smith, with us every Thursday, and he has done great work. Around trade deadline, I'm glad you remember. I got to get Pat yeah, Smith's pick. You do. We, we forgot to get out about Pat. Yeah, and I just realized we had the the Smith brothers today. Pat and sure Keith, did. no How relation, about that? Not, but, not at all. But, but had them Super Bowl Sunday. Anytime, a fun place to go and a great place to enjoy. It's either either commissary, the new Collierville commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar, or the original in Germantown, and they will be open on Sunday afternoon in, in Collierville, and a perfect place for a big group to gather and watch the big game. And if you want to really enjoy it, here's how you can with what they're offering at the commissary for any of the party packs. It, for, for your get-together, for any party pack, they're also throwing in complimentary wings, free wings for any of the party packs. And for Valentine's, they've got a great deal at both locations. At Collierville, you'll get kind of the, the slab, of, the standard slab of ribs, about eight, $8 off. And you'll also have dessert with that, and you'll have champagne. And in Germantown, complimentary t- two beers instead of the champagne there because of the, the alcohol laws in, in each place. But that's coming up for Valentine's. But for big game, you're set. For Valentine's, you're set. For any time, you're set at the commissary. If you're craving an easier way to order, you can text commissary right now to 33733. And for any get-together, You've got to you've got to pace yourself. You've got to start with appetizers like the smoked chicken wings, or the tamales, or the cheese plate, or the barbecue nachos that everyone enjoys around any sporting event. Now it's standard fare at all sports. It was invented, created in the early '80s at the Germantown 
commissary by Walker Taylor and his team, and then dig into the ribs or the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich. Have that out, and you'll be the hit this week. And for any game watching, for the Tigers tonight, you'll be the hit. All the sides, beans, slaw, deviled eggs, bread as well. And you can order it by the, the pound, six-pack, eight-pack, or 12-pack. The desserts, here's the number, 901-754-5540. Or go online at commissarybbq.com. They're in Collierville and Germantown, the party areas, the orders to go, catering, tailgating, th- through all the years and all the fun events, the commissary's there for us. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Well, let's grab a break. We just got Keith Smith's pick for the Super Bowl, so let's go ahead and get to a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Super Bowl, only a couple of days away from the big game. We'll do that next on Sports Time. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And the big game only a couple days away. Hard to believe that Super Bowl week uh, is almost You know, over. we ought to stay and just and call it nothing but the big game. The big game. Since they're so touchy yeah. about the advertising link big to it. Big game. I was thinking of anything else we could call it. I think I do like the big game. The big game. The big game coverage. Sunday evening. And nothing game. but just never call it the Super Bowl again. I like that. Hard to do. Kind of very hard to do. They've they've kind of they want it that way. We'll do it. We'll do it. Hey, if they want it and they'll make sure everybody does it, then we'll do it. Then they'll get the patent on the licensing on the Uh big game. uh Oh, speaking of of licensing, and I know uh, we uh, we're going to talk NFL here, but uh, did you see the in season tournament has been rebranded after one season? Really? Yeah, it will now be called the Commissioner's Cup. Could really make a strong case. I was horribly prepared today. Didn't know the Temple name, Coach Basketball Coach name. <laughs> and didn't know about the I- I- IST. You know, Brett, <laughs> honestly, I don't blame you for not knowing either. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, y- y'all I forgive me? I, I, Brett, I don't I even forgive think you. you need to ask for apology. Because I'm honestly, I'm looking right now because I don't even think I don't know I what I really brought right. to the table today, Johnny. You, you bring a lot well, to the okay, table. You, I appreciate it. <laughs> Man, mess the schedule up. Two out of four days this well, week. That's okay. You know, it happens. It, Life happens. I did Y'all know I like to bat a thousand. You you do. And I I did notice it uh yesterday when you when you made an oopsie and I almost almost texted that's, you, that's when you I need and you said, to. Hey, there's a little bit of a problem here. But I What's said, up? Ah, that, does that make any sense? Yeah. We got one person twice. <laughs> eh, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> you know I want to bat a thousand. Yeah, I know you do. But yeah, so we have a new name for the and I'm still searching to The Commissioner's Cup. So uh I'm gonna say once upon a time, I know. I'm sorry, I, I completely botched that. The NBA Cup is what we're calling it. Oh, okay. I'm about NBA to say <laughs> because late '70s we were going to yeah. have a rival basketball tournament. They mm-hmm. had it for a few years that was going to go up against the NCAA that was ahead, but was not miles ahead of the NIT then. Okay, and I, I think it was called the Commissioner's Cup or the Commissioner's really? Tournament. Interesting. Did they play it at Freedom Hall in Louisville? They had it a year or two, and it, it went nowhere. 
Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so the NBA Pat Smith, 34-31, Kansas City. Another close game. I like all these close game predictions. I hope everybody's really going game. over though. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. I have noticed that. Um, but yeah, here's the the from uh, front office sports. The NBA in season tournament is officially being renamed to the Emirates NBA Cup as part of a deal with Emirates Airlines. So interesting. I guess. Well, they're not going to let it go, are they? No, no. It's it's go- it's it's here to stay, Brett. I uh, I hate to tell you, but. We are only a couple of days from the big game, and uh, you just mentioned it. I know um, we're going to make our picks tomorrow, but you've said um, on the show, even even going back uh, to last week, that you really like the under in this one. Uh, Forty-seven and a half is what I'm seeing it out. I think it. I think it'll be a sweat, but I yeah. think it lands under. It's by no means a lock. No, no, nothing is. Brett, uh, especially in the Super Bowl, Brett. Nothing is a lock in the Super Bowl, and, and John has come in here. Every day this week going, I mean, I one day I'm thinking I, I want to bet the 49ers. The next day I want to bet the Chiefs. Then, you know, I'll go watch a show and just buy segments. I've I'm going back and forth. And, uh, going over, underside, all that. I, I don't think I could. Maybe it's just this game. I can't remember last year if I bet on a side in the Super Bowl. You couldn't pay me money to bet on a side for this Super Bowl. I'll find something to bet. Believe me, and Johnny can attest to it. Yeah. I'll find something to bet yeah, on he for will. the game. He but will. It, it ain't going to be a side. I can tell you that he, much. He will find something to bet on, man. Did, did Men's you, lacrosse the other did day. Did you see NFL <laughs> Hall of Fame news today? I saw something on ESPN and kind of their, their little ticker saying Have they Hall leaked of Fame. a few? I, I haven't seen any leaked, but... Because I, I, I thought I saw Devin Hester leak. Really? And Steve McMichael. And Hester should be in for sure. Yes, Absolutely. he should. Absolutely. I, I don't know. Man, Brett, you made my day with that one right there, and, man. And, and Steve McMichael, and I, I, I'm, I hope he gets in. I, mm-hmm. I think it's real bad with his health. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I hate to hear and, that. And that would be off that Bears defensive line, Richard Dent, Steve McMichael, Dan Hampton, and then linebacker Mike Singletary. Oh, my goodness. 85 Bears. That, that, Ooh, that was real. That's a unit. That was a unit. Um, now I haven't I haven't seen anything come out yet. Did they also have the fridge on on that team? They, they had the fridge yeah, on defense, and, and and Johnny he was he was capable as a kind of just plugging in the middle mm-hmm. D lineman, yeah. really kind of taking on the the double team yeah. and freeing up those linebackers: Singletary, Wilbur Marshall, Otis yeah. Wilson. So they can just run. Ron free. Rivera was a good mm-hmm. linebacker on those teams. Really? Ron Rivera was more kind of a fifty-three defense. Okay, uh, p- passing situations was real good. Yeah, man, that's amazing. And then you know, Fridge got famous when yeah. they gave him the ball. Oh yeah, on, on oh, yeah. And, and scored in in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Walter Payton didn't. I heard he was very upset about that. Well, he should have been. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. probably good reason yeah. to be upset about that. No, but uh, you know this this game. You know, I think it's going to be back and forth. I think it's going to be very entertaining. Um, I, I know. I heard some people. I don't know where I heard. Fr- Fridge, great college player at Clemson. Oh, oh yeah, and, I heard about and, that. And, and I heard had, about had that. a maybe a twin brother. Had a brother. I know Michael Dean Perry that was a good player as well. For those Danny Ford teams, really? man, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with that, but uh, but I don't know the Temple basketball coach. I'm sorry. Uh, uh-uh, no. <laughs> Who what, do? What was his name again? Adam Fitt. Yeah. Um. No, but I, I, I personally think this is going to be one of the more exciting Super Bowls 
we've had in a while because on one side you have the 49ers I, I think top really, to bottom really narrow game. yeah I mean just top to bottom the 49ers are just so talented and then on the other side a very talented Chiefs team and oh yeah you've got a guy at quarterback that people are starting to make the comparisons to of Tom Brady a tight end that people are are asking the question of could we, in a year or two, say he's the greatest tight end that has played the game and a coach that is a Hall of Fame coach? I mean, it's hard to bet against this Chiefs team, but, you know, I mean, two I mean, two heavyweights going. Johnny, I'll get into it tomorrow. I think the linebackers for San Francisco, yeah. Warren and Greenlaw, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. they've got to have maybe not games of their lives, but approaching it. Yeah, they got to. I think you, both are good for it. you gotta, you got to – Hit Kelsey right there at the line. Yeah. You got to let him know all day if you're catching anything between the hash marks, you're going to get belted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good, maybe. clean, tough football. Both well, are hard hitters, especially Greenlaw and, you know, especially with some of the drops. They can't that, let Pacheco break, no, kind of no, break no, through no, that, no, no, that yeah. secondary level. But if I think, he knew it, give him six. I think you got to set the tone early because, I you mean, do. we know That's the Chiefs point, wide receivers had a tendency to have some drops this year so if you can if you can set the tone early of you come inside these hashes and you're going to get laid out then you know maybe they're starting to second guess things and and could have a drop or two during the game i mean i, I like the alan bell theory of everybody plays early not to blow it yeah, let, yeah. Let, let, let's let's don't let's don't try to do too much mm-hmm. and and it makes for the, these great Super Bowls that we're in a run of yeah, yeah. for a long time now. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great point by Allen, and he's he's mentioned it to us. He mentions it to us all the time when it comes to Super Bowl. But we've talked to him last week, and I'm sure he'll bring it up again tomorrow. But you know, we talk about these guys, NFL players. They're out there every Sunday, but now you're you're under the big lights in the Super Bowl, and it's it's ten times, and you don't want to be the guy out there that has that blunder that now everyone is talking about. For eternity. And so you're, like you said, you're just playing not to make a mistake. Yeah. And I think you see a ton of that. And early. you don't want to be the coach that that blows it to her. I didn't give my chance, my team a chance. Now for Kyle Shanahan, mm. remember. He needs. He, he was involved in one that only three points. Uh, no, that he, he blew a 28-3 lead. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get too, you know, don't get too conservative. And, and that's the thing is, you know. You don't want to second guess yourself. You don't want to. You don't want to question yourself as a coach. But 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 he wasn't that conservative. He that wasn't. Day. He wasn't. But I mean, that's got to be in the back of your no mind. No clock. That, that, it was. It was. It was way too many short mm-hmm. possessions. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you you don't want to have that in the back of your mind and uh, you know make a mistake here or there. But uh, but Brian, we are at a point in every Super Bowl yeah. run up week. Of course, we're going to talk a lot about it tomorrow, and and you'll have you know all the shows all weekend leading up and what time does our coverage start sunday do you know uh well we're gonna have coverage i think about one o'clock on is gonna be something and, nfl and when we do and, and scott graham and mm, that that do. unbelievable it, job. unbelievable it, it, it is a good listen if you're kind of dipping in out of your car you kind of get tired of whatever they're doing on tv mm-hmm. but you know we're at kind of peak super bowl we're about out of things to talk about mm-hmm. when the guy scales the sphere that's right and then in the history, and there have been some really bad media gathering uh-huh. questions. Uh-huh. And I was at, at, at SCC Media Day the summer of 
I, I don't know if it made him famous or not, but hmm. he couldn't wait to do it and get on the front page mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, Clay Travis going. asked that question of yeah. Tim Tebow that not a single human being has been asked that before uh-uh. nope. or since that mm-hmm. day, but just had to do it. Had to go. And, yep. But it was it was look at me. and uh-huh. I, you know, Sure. Heck, I guess it worked for him. I guess uh, so. But what, whatever. But when the person the other day, and I, I went back and listened to it, seriously asked Brock Purdy if he minded or if he knew, if he realized that he had a striking resemblance, which I don't think there's any, Mm-mm. to Lee Harvey Oswald. Why would you ask somebody that? It's, I mean, and, and what was germane to it? What was per? What there was just no reason. And how does Brock Purdy respond to that? Actually, you know what? I have noticed that before. You know, girls tell me all the time that I resemble. yeah, it really works. Yeah, it did. I, I look, I look like a guy that that. That killed a president. Yeah, it's my pickup line. It's, yeah, you know who I look like? Lee Harvey Oswald. Just so bad, and, and you know Brock Purdy. I'm, I'm guessing twenty five. He's he's yeah. twenty four. He's twenty four. Twenty four. Going to twenty five, like you said. So his parents are probably say fifty. Yeah, they. Let, yeah. Let, let's say fifty. Neither of his parents were even born then. Yeah. It was just unnecessary. It's it just so unnecessary, yeah, it was Johnny. Unnecessary. And, and and you know I get I guess that guy's a big hit back at his station so. yeah, or yeah. <laughs> Long Radio Row or I guess so. But, but what what a shame. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was very very strange. Of all the people, somebody could be uh, told, hey, you know, you look like this guy. That's just one that and, and, and strange. Think, think how inappropriate it is. And and I'm I'm going to use these examples, mm-hmm. Brian. Sure. You're probably going, oh, Brett, please don't, because I, I did yesterday off there to you, and this is how inappropriate that would yeah. be, is if what if somebody said, you know, your 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 jawbones and your nose, you know, kind of, kind of from the side, you have a resemblance to Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Nobody would ask no, that. Never. 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 Or, or you, you know, you know, when I look at you and just glance real quickly, you looked a little bit like Ted Bundy. Yeah, no. Would you ask that? No. Well, hell no. Never. And, and, and Never. that that person, that, that's when, what? and I said this the summer of the Tebow question, uh-huh. they should go over to him huh. and go, you need to leave now. Uh-huh. That We're not here for that. Me, yeah. This is not what we're about. No, it's but crazy. Y- y- you wouldn't believe... Uh, the popularity oh, yeah. of that question to Tim B- Tebow, how it was received, mm-hmm. I didn't even know who Clay Travis was. Yeah. I didn't know who Clay Travis was till summer of 2014, and I met him. Yeah, And, and a, a, a nice young, young, young lady introduced. She said, yeah. Brett, you, you, I said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. Nice to meet you. I, I really hadn't heard of yeah. him. Well, and, and you know what, what upsets me the most about it is, sure, it gets clicks and stuff like that, but like, and I know it's much bigger at, at Super Bowl media days, whatever. But, I mean, there are real journalists that have real questions, that have deadlines of stories that they have to write, that want to ask questions. And you just used up a question that could have gone to another journalist that had a real question to ask him if he... And, it, you know, and those questions, you know, if you were a fruit. Right. Would, you yeah, know, all of that. And, 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 and unfortunately, too many have profited and gained by that and i'm not just talking about clay travis who since then i I saw him once 
at the Alabama Ole Miss game in 2021 was very very nice to me. Sure, I, but I still don't know him, right. and 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 I don't I don't I don't listen to him. I don't follow him. But he he, he was nice to me that day. Anyway, they a lot of people have made it with yeah. that. Yeah, when you. When you should be reviled for it, and their comeback is, well, we've asked about man-to-man defense enough. We've asked mm, about, yeah. you know, do you want to stop the run or run the ball enough? Well, then you, if you think we're out of pertinent football questions, go home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up before we get to a break, uh, Paul texts in, and I had not seen this, so I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Paul's text says, saw today where Larry Zonka is gonna, uh, will be taking the Lombardi Trophy to the platform that's presented to the winning team. It's 50 years since Miami Dolphins won it. I had not seen that. I went and double-checked 50 on years Twitter. since they beat the Vikings yeah. at Rice Stadium, not that's, since the undefeated. Right, right. So that would, be, nice, uh, that would be really, really cool be. to see that. On Super Bowl Larry Zonka, the old Memphis Southman Grizzly. Right, that's of right. The WFL. How about that? I love that. So, uh, so a little local, little yeah. local flavor in there. And, and and the coach of that team was John McVeigh, mm. who is the great. What maybe he is? I don't know if he's still alive. Of the coach Sean yeah. McVeigh. How about that? Wow. So a bunch of ties in there. How about that? I saw I Larry that. Zonka as a Memphis Southman Grizzly. Yeah. Wow. With Jim Kick and uh-huh. John Hewitt at quarterback. Danny White was backup quarterback and punter. <laughs> uh, one of the Canales was uh, the tack. One of the tackles. Were they any good? They were real good the first year without yeah. the Dolphin three without Zonka kick really? and and and. Zonka, kick, Zonka and Kick had a good time around town. Well, hey, I don't blame they, them. They were not in shape to play football. Well, I, I, hard to blame them, I guess. But I don't uh, think their heart was – it was well, kind of the original NIL. They got their money and took the year off. Again, hard to blame them yeah. for it. But let's go ahead and grab a break. And on the other side, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. Uh, Brett, I will go first today, and my big Better number... be good, Johnny. Yeah, better be. Short week for him, too. Short week. Well, now I'm second-guessing my big number. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Mm. <laughs> My big number is nine. Okay. Not a huge number, kind of a smaller number, but it is my big number. Uh, Since Penny Hardaway took over as the head coach of the Memphis Tigers, uh, which was in 2019, the Tigers have only lost nine games 
in the month of February. I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, the success that Penny Hardaway has had in the month of February. And you go back over the last couple of years, and you can see a ton of that success. Last year, only two losses in the month of February, and those two losses um, were against Houston, top-ranked Houston, and Tulane that we've talked about. The year before that, only one loss uh, in February, and that was to SMU in late February. The year before that, 2021, zero losses in the month of February. And before that, um, it certainly had, uh, I think, three in both uh, his first two seasons. Um, so that adds up to nine. And we'll see. What can the Tigers do now as we get into February? It was very rocky January. I mean, no question about it. You look all the way to the start. First game in January uh, this season was January 4th against Tulsa. It was not, you know, they win it, but way too close for comfort. And now we know what's happened since then. Those four losses back to back. And a big injury. And a big injury. Uh, but you start February uh, with a win over Wichita State. Wasn't the prettiest game. Wasn't the most perfect game. But a win is a win. Now, can they keep that rolling um, with a, a, a very important stretch here in the month of February? My big number's two above yours. Mine's 11. Okay. Right. That's the number of SEC starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. 12 if you count Jalen Hurts being at Alabama, but I don't. He finished at Oklahoma. Yeah. So this time next year, if you're calling Oklahoma SEC, I guess you could you could call it 12. But right now, it's 11 with Texas this time next year. Texas has never had a starting quarterback in Super Bowl history. Wow. Really? Texas. Big, bad Texas. Wow. Alabama, they have many times. Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, A&M and Kentucky have had backups get in and take snaps mm. at quarterback. The rest of them have never even had a snap. Wow. Man. That's incredible. Can you believe in the history of the Super Bowl, these three big superpowers? And in college football history, I mean, you just take their their history and it makes up a lot of it. Texas, Ohio State, USC, never a starting quarterback. Crazy. That's that's that's, that's crazy. That's, whoa. You're also going to have to knock me for my, my big number. It was, hey, man, you said it. I didn't say it. Whoa. <laughs> I was one number off. It was 10. I, I, oh, I, Brian. I miscounted. I miscounted. I double-checked. <laughs> so I was one above you. Yeah. So I checked my work. Good number, though, Brett. And, Good to uh, check your work. That's okay. Yeah, I, I check mean, you got work. to. Johnny, did you like my big number? Uh, it was okay. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate that. You didn't bring it how you normally brought it, but, mm. but it's good. Rex Grossman number. from the Florida Gators started for the Bears. Sure did. Wow. Oh, also, also in that Super Bowl, it was Devin Nesson. Re- sure returning the opening kickoff. Yep, yeah. it was. Yeah, wow. Well, that was a really good big number for you, Brett, and uh, sticking with your uh, theme of, uh, of the Super Bowl. Got so one like more that. tomorrow, Johnny. I won't be here for that one tomorrow, so I hope it's good. We'll text it. John, does J- Johnny has to bring a big number tomorrow. You uh, do, I'm, Mr. I'm ready, judge. man. I'm yeah, ready. The judge turns to I'm the ready. contestant. Judge Hill, you got to have a number. I'm going to have a number, man. I'm going to be listening, and I'm going <laughs> to pressure's on. I'm going to text. He's going to be the judge. I'm going to be the judge, and I'm going to I'm going to figure out hanging Judge Dakis. Let me tell you something. The way Johnny's been judging. He better bring an awfully good big number. You, I don't, I don't think you can win tomorrow, John. Uh, hey, hey man, I'm going to bring it, man. You got to. Brett could bring the number one and say it's the first number 
on the number tree, and you could have like a great big number, and I would take the same. I, that's I, the one. I was gonna. Whoa! Have, I was gonna. I was gonna have zero to crack up Johnny and use that number <laughs> of the undefeated teams, but I used it earlier as a uh, as a note. Okay, like that. Uh, <laughs> that would be a big number. I, I would. I would take that as well. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I'm seeing rumors of news being passed along of people in mm. the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Julius Peppers. Yeah. Oh, that okay. has, has been informed. Interesting. Really? Yeah, he, I like that a lot. He, he's a great note. Only player to ever play in a Final Four and a Super Bowl. Final Four mm. with North Carolina as a as a backup forward. Man. Wow. Yeah. So uh it sounds like we're getting some news. I would I would like that. Man, that um, my two that that's that's a good class. They start yeah. they starting off good if that's the class. Yeah. No, it's it sounds like it's gonna be a really good class. Um I've I've never made it down. Um, to the Hall of Fame, and I need to, um, but it's on the bucket list. Oh, yeah. oh big, big for me to get yeah. to Canton. Yeah, yeah, get to. I've been, I've been to any. I haven't I, either. I just want to go to one. And um, they say you gotta want to get to Cooperstown. Oh yeah, Cooperstown. You don't just stumble on. Oh yeah. Well, Cooperstown's always the um, like uh, you'll have like the. I forget what age it is, but like the thirteen-year-olds will have like baseball tournaments uh-huh. up there, and they'll do the whole thing. And look. If you go, sounds like it's a blast. I'm sure the the kids have a blast. Sounds miserable because I mean it's just in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the and the teams are thirteen year old. The teams are bunked up in cabins. The the parents have to stay in hotels, but the closest hotel is like twenty minutes away. I, I mean, I'd like to go to Springfield to basketball. I'd like to go to Springfield. And, and basketball is the basketball Hall of Fame, not, right. not pro football right. or the right. Like, you know, baseball is just for professional players. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I would like to go to to I. I haven't even been to the College Football Hall of Fame in, in Atlanta. I could give the tour. And yeah, I, I, I need to get down there. <laughs> I love um, it, Brett. <laughs> and go to that because that sounds like it would also be a I, I like fun. Halls of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like, like the various halls. state Halls of Fame to go to them. Interesting. Interesting. And see stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's always fun to go something in, like in a the, museum. In the lobby of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, appropriately, is this gigantic elephant. But it's, really? not, it's not because of Alabama, not the... The, you know, the nickname, the Red Elephants. It's not because of that. In the state of Alabama, they had a very famous outdoor big game hunter, and he killed this elephant on a big safari hunt, you know, somewhere in Africa, and they've got the spear he killed the elephant with. That spear not any bigger than his ink pen. I'm going, boy, he had to make that shot count, <laughs> or that elephant was getting ready to have him for breakfast. Hit it, hit it in the right spot. That's crazy. I would have never guessed yeah. that that's not the, there the for Alabama. That's crazy. Well, we need to get to a break and wrap up our second hour. When we come back, we're talking Tigers with Greg Gaston.